You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everyone, welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Tim McMaster talking Toronto Blue Jays baseball with MLB.com Jays reporter Gregor Chisholm. And Gregor, we're through the winter meetings, we're through into the holidays here. We're kind of at that midway point in the hot stove season, so seems like a good time to look ahead to warmer weather and, and opening day and take a look at the rotation and the lineup that we kind of expect to see on the field for the Blue Jays come the beginning of the season. Let's start in the rotation, and obviously this team is going to put a lot on the shoulders of Marcus Stroman as its number one. Is that is that asking a lot for a guy who hasn't really been able to do that for a whole season before? It is asking a lot because, as you said, the, the track record isn't really there. We've, we've certainly seen the upside, and we've seen him come through, but uh, just because the sample size hasn't been uh, all that big, there, there's going to be question marks. I mean, this is a guy who... Uh, missed almost the entire season in 2015 before making that miraculous recovery in, in the September and in, in the playoffs. Um, but before that, uh, you know, he really only had one year under his belt at the big league level. But uh, I think this just goes to show you uh, how much faith the organization has in him, um, how much upside they believe is in there. And you know, let's not forget, this is a guy who basically took over the number one job at the tail end of last year. The Jays went to Stroman over David Price in Game 1 of the American League uh, Division Series. Uh, they turned to him again uh, in the ALCS in, in very key situations. There, there's a lot of faith uh, in Stroman. And, uh, you know, I think that even if he's not necessarily you know, that bona fide ace from a, that, that would receive an awful lot of attention across the board, he's going to become that guy uh, eventually, and he should be able to settle into that role uh, nicely and quickly because He's the type of guy who thrives on, on that type of attention in those type of moments. Marco Estrada is a guy who earned his spot in the rotation a year ago and was rewarded with the two-year deal here in the offseason. So he's back. I'll put him in as the number two starter. You have R.A. Dickey who's back. How much does R.A. Dickey have left in the tank? Well, the, the Jays need him to have a lot uh, because when you look at that rotation now, you know, obviously a lot of the, the you know, the attention is going to be going towards missing David Price next year. Um, but let's not forget that uh, Mark Burley isn't going to be back either. And this is a guy who you know, he fell just short of that milestone in 2015, but he's a guy who you could put in for 200 innings every single year. And three of those uh, came in Toronto. And uh, I think there was a, an awful lot of value that went underappreciated in this city, um, just how important it was to get 400 innings every year from Mark Burley and R.A. Dickey because it really took a lot of pressure off the rest of that rotation. Jays won't have that luxury this year, so they really need R.A. Dickey to hold up his end of the bargain and become the workhorse that they've known that he can be. And You know, he's obviously a knuckleballer. He's, he's getting up there in age, um, but I think that he still has a little bit left in the tank just because of the nature of his pitch. Uh, you would think that he should be around that 200-inning mark again next year, and that's something that the Blue Jays will really need. Then you have the two new additions in Jay Happ and Jesse Chavez. Um, so that's your one through five, but every team in baseball needs more than five at some point during the season. So 
Who's the next guy? Is it is it Aaron Sanchez? Do they have to go to him to fill that that other starter role if they need it, or who are the the leading candidates to be that extra man? Uh, I think the leading candidate right now would be Drew Hutchison, right. um, and he's a guy that can be easily forgotten um, just based on the year that he had in 2015. Um, but this was the opening day starter going into 2015 as well. I mean, this is he took a big big step back, but the Blue Jays really need to get him back on track because. Um, kind of as you touched on there, just like we've talked about with the bullpen, there isn't a lot of depth in that starting rotation as well. And there's just simply no way the Jays are going to get through the year with just five starters. They're going to need other guys to step up and fill the void. And since they've made so many trades, dealing away a lot of their upper level minor league players, they don't have a lot to choose from. And, and Hutchinson is one of the only guys. So uh, even if he doesn't make the team out of spring training, he's going to have an opportunity to compete for that fifth job. But if he doesn't make the team, uh, you know, I think you look for him to probably start the year in Triple A Buffalo. Uh, try to sort himself out uh, so that if and when there is an injury to one of those starting five guys, he's ready to, to come in and step up and, and fill the void. The Jays know he can do it, um, but for him, uh, he struggled to find that consistency, and that's something that's going to have to change in 2016. If there's lots of question marks in the rotation, there aren't many in the lineup, and that's one certain strength for this Toronto Blue Jays team when you look at it one through nine. So let's take a look at the lineup and maybe – we can see where they'll put each of these guys, and I assume Ben Revere seems like a lock to be the leadoff guy. He's a guy that I think has shown more with the bat than a lot of people ever anticipated. With the batting average, obviously not a lot of power, but he's a guy that can certainly set the table at the top of the lineup. Yeah, he really can. And uh, you know, as we were touching on earlier, just the the ability of that lineup to score so many runs, it, it does give you the flexibility to add a different kind of player in left field. I mean, traditionally. A lot of people think of left field uh, as a you know a power spot somewhere where you're going to get a lot of production with doubles, home runs, <clears throat> guys who want to drive in runs, and you know often you don't see just the the slap hitter speed types out there, but that's exactly what Ben Revere is, and it just so happens that you know last year when the Jays were making their additions at the deadline, that was the type of skill set that they needed. So while other teams might have taken a pass on Revere because he doesn't give them the power, that's actually what made him appealing to the Jays and. You know, we saw Tulo Tulowitzki spend some time in the leadoff spot uh, after he was acquired last year. Before the Jays went to Revere, Revere ended up working out quite a bit better. John Gibbons is already on record saying, you know, it's not broke, don't fix it. So uh, I'd expect him to, to start next year as the leadoff man, and the, and the Blue Jays are going to hope for, uh, you know, for him to have that high, high average, high contact rate again next year. You quickly get into the beef of this lineup, and Josh Donaldson's obviously the the reigning most valuable player in the American League. Does is he a number two hitter? Should he be number three? I mean, how do you see them setting that up? Is it Donaldson two, Batista three, and Carnacion own four, or does Tulo move up there? How do you think they'll do it? Yeah, I think you're going to see pretty much the exact same thing they went with last year. Um, you know, I, you certainly can't argue with the results that Donaldson had, and it came almost exclusively out of that number two hole. He's not your traditional number two hitter by any means, um, but there's just so much power and depth in that uh, lineup. You know, I think the, the Jays are best served kind of getting right to the meat of the order instead of trying to, to, to place another uh, guy to set the table, so to speak. So you get right in there with, with Donaldson, Batista, Encarnacion, and Tulowitzki to form uh, the heart of your order, and it really doesn't get uh, any better than that. Uh, you know, a lot of different dynamic looks uh, for that team. So, you know, as, as we kind of said before, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And I think the Jays are going to stick with that uh, same approach next year. All right, and then the back end of that lineup, uh, Russell Martin, six, Smoke, seven. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, there's a little bit of flexibility there, and you know, I think you know Colabello is is going to be strongly in the mix at first base as well, and so you're probably going to look at at them as as being your number six hitter, and and maybe then followed by Martin after that. And anytime when you're talking about you know, Justin Smoke or Chris Colabello, and and then Russell Martin hitting six to seven in the batting order, it's a nice luxury to have. And you know, I think one thing the Jays fans need to enjoy this year is that. You know, this is this is the returning core again next year, uh, but there's going to be a lot of players who, who potentially will have to leave town at the end of next year simply because of free agency with Batista and Carnacion. There's a lot of question marks, uh, but the core is intact for another year, and it's something that the the Jays fans should be should be able to enjoy for at least one more season. Then I have Pilar eighth, and I have Goins ninth. Now the question is, when Travis comes back, if he hits as well as he did it in 2015, is he still a guy that you want? at the bottom of the lineup, or does he have a chance to hit his way into the top half? You know, I think a lot of it will depend on, on what happens long-term uh, with Ben Revere. And, and, and I think I, I was one who, who really thought that Ben Revere was going to be a, a candidate to be non-tendered. Uh, you know, this offseason, that didn't really happen. But I think the injury to Devin Travis might have played a, at least a little bit of a role in that because uh, Travis could have been a leadoff guy for this team and long-term beyond next year. He probably does become the leadoff man or at the very least the number two hitter. Um, but that's something that they don't really have the luxury of right now. So Revere will take over that spot. And, and but Travis is a guy you can put, you know, pretty much anywhere. Uh, you know, Jay saw an awful lot of upside in his bat next year. I think they project him long term as, as a uh, top of the lineup kind of guy, but that's probably something you're gonna see a little bit more uh, in twenty seventeen. And I would expect him to just continue to add depth to the bottom of that order in twenty sixteen. This has been MLB.com Extras, looking inside the Toronto Blue Jays. Gregor, great stuff as always. We'll talk to you again next week. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.